Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. All right, welcome to the Viking Age podcast. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for thevikingage.com. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Shad, who writes for us here at the Viking Age, as well as Bring Me the News and Zone Coverage. Uh, before we start today's show, make sure make today's show, make sure to follow uh, the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe to our channel, please, and like this video. And if you already are subscribed, we greatly appreciate you doing that. All right, before we get started into today's topics, uh, I got a little trivia for you, Chris, because it something came across my uh, research today uh, about a certain jersey number. Uh, we're both, you know, pretty good fans of, of Randy Moss, and he famously wore the number 84 jersey during his time with the vikings both times so here's a little simple trivia question for you who was the first vikings player to wear the number 84 jersey in the regular season after moss was traded in 2005 also after moss was traded after he was traded uh andre allison oh you are correct you know you're you know, you're 2007. Vikings. I played too much Madden. Like, you know, <laughs> bottom end of the depth chart. Like, oh, we are 84, huh? Because he was still playing. But I think I came across a quote today that said, uh, you know, if if that Allison said where he was like, if Randy Moss was good, they would have retired his number. Uh, so <laughs> how'd, that, how'd that work out for you, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Allison? Can you name anyone else who wore, who was worn 84 since uh, Moss was traded? Bucky Hodges. Yes, that was uh, preseason, though. That was. That oh, was yeah. Uh, we're just we're talking regular season I'm just, games. I'm just looking for yeah, because because preseason they got what ninety guys. You, there's got to be okay. someone who wears. Well, Irv Smith Jr., Cordero yeah. Patterson, Randy yeah. Moss himself. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's one more. There is one more, huh? Also a receiver. I'll give you that. Used to be on the Falcons. Mm. Okay, stumped you. Yeah, Michael Jenkins. Gosh, he wasn't. <laughs> he was only on the team for like two games, though. He was there for two years, two seasons, two thousand eleven and oh. two thousand twelve. <laughs> he was the the ponder years. He was. Then it's amazing. Then it's amazing. I got Andre Allison, but not right? Michael Jenkins. Right. Right. I don't know. Not like had- Ponder could hit him. But, if you want to, you know. if you want to go preseason two, Chad Beebe, I think also wore eighty four in his uh, his rookie season okay. or whatever before he became. What did he get? Twelve. Yeah. All right. He was twelve. Yep. So eighty four. So uh, it should be retired. I, I think so. But you know, yeah. Number of retirements are hard in football because, like I said, you got to have what ninety guys on your roster. 
in the summer at least. Um, all right, so the first topic, uh, according to over the overthecap.com, the Vikings are currently a little little over 10 million in cap space right now. So if if they wanted to, they could still add a notable free agent or two before training camp begins at the end of July. It's just just announced today actually that rookies will report on July 24th. Um, so on Tuesday, USA Today's Tyler Dragon, uh, which sounds so much like a wrestling name, like he's and a cruiserweight. I get that cruiserweight just feeling. Just kicked like, down the forbidden just, door. Just yeah, just <laughs> Tyler Dragon. You know, fighting for the the, the cruiserweight championship for sure. Uh, so USA Today's Tyler Dragon revealed that the Vikings have had multiple conversations with All Pro defensive tackle and Dominican Sue this off season. And the Vikings are also a team to watch to sign Sue. I believe he's also been in contact with the Las Vegas Raiders. He said the I think he said on ESPN he's on like NFL Live or something that the Bucks are out of the picture, which is the team that he spent the last uh, I believe two or three seasons with. So, you know, if the Vikings were able to you know figure out a way to sign Indomitian Sue, a former All pro uh defensive tackle former number two overall pick by the detroit lions what do you think his role would be with the vikings i think he'd be a rotational guy kind of a rotational pass rusher um he's not the player that he once was um when he was with detroit that's how vikings fans remember him um he kind of was i didn't look at his snap totals before the podcast but i mean he was kind of a rotational kind of veteran guy in uh, tampa bay the last couple of years with the bucks so i I mean he's the kind of guy that the vikings would need i mean right now they have you know you got harrison phillips who's kind of more of a run stuffer talvin tomlinson's the same way uh i know armin watts had like seven sacks last year but um you know, he's probably not a full-time player. And especially when you're lined up in the nickel, which seems like they're going to be playing that more than the three, four base, somebody like Sue in the middle as a disruptor, somebody that can penetrate and get to the quarterback. I mean, if he winds up being Tom Johnson, I think it would be an excellent signing for the right price because you got to have that guy that comes in and can attack the passer. So I, I think it would be a good signing I'm just not real optimistic on the odds he actually comes here because he sounds a lot more interested in playing for the Las Vegas Raiders. Well, yeah, he's a, we mentioned this before we even started. He's a, he's a a businessman kind of guy. Um, and he's probably very aware that in Nevada, there's no, uh, I believe there's no state income tax. So, uh, he wouldn't have to deal with that where he does in Minnesota. Um, and just looking at the the depth behind the defensive tackles for the Vikings, they've got what James Lynch, Ty McGill, TJ Smith, Jalen Twyman, Julian Taylor. So like these are not household names. They're not established veterans. You know, these guys are gonna all be fighting probably for their jobs when they get to training camp. So they do need depth at defensive tackle. That's they're taking, you know, they're the Vikings are at least taking that approach. And it sounds like they're they've been talking to some candidates, some some free agents, which you know, because the 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 talking to Sue would indicate that they've he's not the only one they've probably been talking to. Um, but yeah, he's he's thirty five years old. His last two years, uh, he was the seventy fourth best defensive tackle by PFF last season and sixty eighth in twenty twenty, and he hasn't been a top fifteen 
defensive tackle since 2017. So yeah, he could be a, a top reserve. He could be a guy that fills in for guys when they're hurt, um, helps guys stay fresh during the game. Um, I think it's good to note though, that like, even though his PFF grades or whatever were low, he's coming from a Bucks defense that ranked third against the run last season and first in 2020. Uh, the mm-hmm. Vikings ranked 26th against the run in 2021. So, you know, he might be a better pass rusher uh, overall, but him just being there and knowing how to stop the run uh, would just help them tremendously probably as well. What do you got? But hey, now when Adam Zimmer watched the tape, he said everybody was in the right spot. Everybody was doing <laughs> their thing, doing their right job. It's just, you know, they just got lucky. Okay. Just got Third lucky. and 20 draws get Every converted time. all the time. All right. <laughs> Yeah. Stop this slander. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So even if, you know, he's coming in, he's got experience to, in a, to, you know, in a very good run defense, you know, uh, with the Bucks and uh, Harrison Phillips, also a very good run defender. So I think that's what the Vikings are, are trying to do with their defensive tackles, at least uh, just make sure that they're, they're good against the run. They don't need them to be excellent pass rushers. That's what Zedarius Smith and Daniel Hunter are for. They just need guys to clog up the middle really. And, uh, Dominican Sue has a history of that. He has a history of uh, not being very nice to Aaron Rodgers. So Vikings fans would, would love that. Uh, his wife is a native Minnesotan. Uh, she was a all-state basketball player, I believe, at Park High School in um, at Cottage Grove, Minnesota. So, and they just they just had twins, I think. So, you know, maybe maybe the grandparent it'd be nice to have the grandparents closer by in Minnesota. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Um so should they sign Sue or should they use maybe use the money to sign someone else? If Sue wants to come to the Vikings, should the Vikings sign him or use, you know, what this this 10 million or probably they'd probably use around six at most. Uh should they use it to sign someone else? I'm looking at a list of current free agents and I mean, I'm basically going off name recognition here, but I mean, like if you still want to add a receiver, Julio Jones is available, but I mean, he's probably available for like two or three games a year at this rate. Um, You have, you know, I'm looking down the list here, maybe (laughs) Joe Hayden, JC Treader, I think would be, that would be the one name I could think think of that I'd rather have. I think that's the one, that's the one guy, but other than that, yeah. yeah. Others, I mean, uh, Eddie Goldman's 28. Yeah. So maybe you get a guy yeah. that's five years younger. Although I, I think he's got some injury issues. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Will Fuller. It, it would be exciting. Like nothing's been exciting this off season. Right. Like, you know, the only yeah. time we've gotten like a spike in blood pressure is when we traded down with the lions and <laughs> took Lewis scene. Like that's, that's been it. Yeah. So, there sure. we are, and traded up, traded down again in the second round, and then back up. Uh, that was uh, that was the. Ex- I'd, I'd say Zadarius, the Zadarius Smith signing was was probably the most exciting. The Vikings, uh, but some of that luster move. has worn off for me. Oh yeah, for I, I'm sure. starting to second guess it because why did Baltimore just let him walk? Yeah. Like I, uh, I, this is me being negative, but I mean at the same time, it's just like something's not right here. So. Yeah. And the contract is where, you know, if he doesn't play, you don't pay him. So, I mean, that's cool. Yeah. But yeah. 
I mean, I'd rather have big splash signings with people that we know are going to be available for 16 games or 17, 16, 17, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I mean, why are we even worried about how how well they're going to play next year? Because they've been doing all these things like playing laser tag and softball together and and top ultimate frisbee. So they're good. They're good. Like they're fine. Barbecue. That that all goes right to the football field. They're just going to be lights out because they're just all great friends. Um, Who do you think is the life of the party at the barbecue? Like that's what I want to like. How would that party work out? Yeah, it's probably probably serious. You're right. Yeah. yeah, like even he's though he's new, he's very outgoing. Seems like that kind of guy. Always got a big smile on his face. Kirk's like uh, the meme in the corner where it's the guy with his little drink saying they don't know, <laughs> just taking a sip of his water yeah. or whatever. I feel like if Kirk Cousins was an office character, he'd probably be Kevin. Um, just hmm. super awkward. Always, uh, but he seems the... smarter than Kevin. Like Kevin was kind he of. He does. He yeah, yeah. He does. You're right. Okay. He'd be Maybe, Angela. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good. Or um, who did? Who is uh, um? Who's the guy from The Hangover? Uh, the dentist. Um, oh, Ed Helms. Yeah. Uh, when he came in, when he came in thing. and replaced uh, uh, Steve Carell as like the the head guy or whatever, I think that'd be that'd be. Kirk Cousins probably. Yeah, like he he's the guy in charge. But like, does anyone really like? Is anyone really going to follow what he says? Probably not. Right. <laughs> Andy Bernard. That's his name. Andy Bernard. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was escaping yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. So one one episode we'll probably have to do like office characters for for the Vikings. I don't know how too familiar we got you are time with that. We, we, we do. We got we got <laughs> four weeks, about a month till till camp till they check in the camp. And uh, we got to wait still a couple of days before anything really happens. All right. Next topic is uh, Mr. Mr. Kyle Rudolph still living in, in Minnesota. So uh, he has some free time on his hands. And he recently had a discussion with uh, Paul Allen on his radio show on uh, KFAN. And uh, they talked to uh, Mr. Allen asked Mr. Rudolph if he would be interested uh, in playing again for the Vikings, you know, in the future or even this season. And Kyle Rudolph said, absolutely, he would love to play for the Vikings again. Now, Kyle Rudolph spent last season with the New York Giants. He is currently a free agent. He is 32 years old, and he has caught a total of two touchdowns in the last two seasons. Um, But, Chris, why shouldn't the Vikings bring back Kyle Rudolph? Because he's washed. Like I'll go out and say it. Is that a secret? Like you, you just said it. He's got two touchdowns over the thing, and that was his big calling card. Mm -hmm. Is that he was a red zone threat? Great hands, awesome. You know, Kirk Cousins said, "Hey, it's like throwing into a mattress," and then he never threw to him again for whatever reason. (laughs) But I mean, most of the time it was throw the ball to Kyle Rudolph, have him fall forward two yards, and whatever. Personally. I've never been I, Kyle Rudolph is one of the greatest tight ends statistically in Vikings history. And he's a very good all around tight end. What do you think about it? But over the last four or five years, probably since when Irv Smith jr. Got drafted. It's, it's just been weird how he's kind of like, no, I'm not declining. Why would I be declining? It is. I got a lot of game left. I got the sweatshirt. I found it at target. and I decided Oh yeah. To wear it. Yeah. 
I yeah. forgot about that. Where, where, like, like the whole thing was just tank. weird. Like they yeah. gave him, they gave him that contract extension, yep. and you know, and, and this is nothing against Kyle Rudolph the person. He's an A plus person. We saw yep. that man of the year a couple yep. uh, years ago when he built the wing to the children's hospital, yep. and that's amazing. Eric Thompson of Vikings territory. Uh, he actually, or actually, Daily Norseman. I'm sorry, I got my uh, websites mixed up, but uh, Eric. So, sorry, I'm plugging all the other Viking sites right now. Don't go to them. Read only read our stuff at the Viking Age, even though I write for three or four different sites. It's okay. Um, but, but yeah, he he detailed. You know, his mm-hmm. daughter had to go there, and yep. you know, he detailed all that. And it sounds like a wonderful place as far as the football player goes. I don't know where he fits on this team. I know the Vikings yep. are trying to win now. He would be an upgrade over Johnny Munt, but I mean, would he though? Here's the thing: when he wrote that, because Munt, Munt knows the offense. Right. When he wrote that goodbye letter, he said goodbye to everybody, equipment yep. managers, wide yep. receivers, you know, trainers, mm-hmm. head coaches, mm-hmm. assistant coaches, janitors, backup quarterbacks, backup quarterbacks everybody except mm-hmm. for Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. who is still there, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if I'm Kyle Rudolph and I don't have offers, somebody, hey, you want to play for the Vikings? Yeah, I do. I'll take that. Even if it's a veteran minimum. But Darren, for what it's yeah. worth, Darren Wolfson said that he uh, is being courted by Tampa Bay, which if I'm that makes him, sense, that makes sense. I'd, I'd love to replace Gronk until like week yeah. 12 and Gronk comes back. Yeah, they're going to be competing. You know what the thing is with the Bucks. you know, they're competing for a Super Bowl like the Vikings. They say they want to be highly competitive or whatever, super competitive. But there's a good chance they can still miss the playoffs where the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Unless Tom Brady gets hurt, they're in the playoffs. Like they're mm-hmm. going to be in the playoffs, um, and yeah, and you have Tom Brady throwing to you. Um, so and you get to be in Tampa and not Minnesota. So it's not not very hard choice to make. Um, but yeah, I think he said in the interview that he's had you know multiple. He's heard from multiple teams. I think everybody says that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I haven't heard from anyone. It's weird. <laughs> My phone's not even ringing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Still, I want to play football. Nobody's reaching out. Uh, we're still waiting. So XFL. Uh, we're waiting Wait by the too. phone. Uh, Wait for the Rock to call me. But, but but yeah, like yeah, he's <laughs> a good tight end. You said statistically, he's he's one of the best. But I would even I wouldn't say he's because I think what Steve Jordan. He's still the first the the best tight end in Vikings history. I would I don't I don't know if I would put Rudolph as second best. I would even go as far as like Vasante Shenko is like just in in terms of impact. Like because he was good. He had some really good years like with the Vikings and like Rudolph. Like you said, he gets the ball and like his legs are like made of cement. Like he can't move anywhere. Although I would say in his first few years. He was a lot more of like a, a run after the catch guy, but then he got hurt a lot. So mm-hmm. I think he kind of grew aware of that and probably was like, Hey, I should step out of bounds more or I should go down a little easier now. Cause I want to keep playing for the whole season. Cause that's going to help me stay in the league longer. Cause like, it's like year two or something where he like he broke his arm or, or leg against the, the Cowboys making like a diving touchdown attempt or whatever. Um, and you mentioned the uh, the Players Tribune letter that uh, he wrote thanking Minnesota and the Vikings specifically. Um, and he addressed in this interview about, you know, a lot is made about, you know, me not including Kirk Cousins 
in this letter. And uh, here's what he had to say. He said, quote, a lot has been brought up about my letter and, and not mentioning Kirk. In it. But I mentioned, you know, Teddy, uh, Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Bradford. But those are guys that I was extremely, extremely close with. Not sure how this is helping his case so far uh but he did say i have no ill will or hard feelings you know towards kirk kirk is a phenomenal quarterback and he's been unbelievably successful he's knocking on that door and i know a deep playoff run and certainly a championship would put him right up there with everybody else in the league yeah correct uh so he said there's definitely no ill will there between him and i speaking of kirk but here's some other players that uh kirk thanked in the letter he thanked uh, Matt Castle, uh, you know, he was Garrett Brad, went, yeah, went Garrett Bradbury, Garrett Bradbury, uh, and two guys he was teammates with for one season, Justin Jefferson and Steve Hutchinson. So, uh, Justin Jefferson, Tom McGrady, it was life changing. <laughs> like he can say that there's no, there might not, there might not be ill will or whatever, but like. Clearly, the people he listed, Bradford, Bridgewater, Matt Castle, uh, had more of an impact or a, a relationship with, with Rudolph than uh, Kirk Cousins has. And that's not a problem. You're not going to get with, along with everybody you know, in the locker room. There's f- over 50 guys in the locker room. We know everyone's not going to get along. But don't just sit there and be like, oh, no, we're fine. We're fine. Um, do we believe Rudolph's explanation, not including Cousins in his letter? Okay, I'm not going to call him a liar, but there's a little bit of damage control going on here, I feel. Like, you know, like we said, maybe the phone's not ringing. Maybe he's trying to campaign a little bit. Just kind of, he's on, you know, PA's podcast, who happens to be friends with uh, a lot of people he doesn't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's the official radio station or the Vikings, right? Right. Yeah. Maybe there's a little bit of a favor going on. I don't know, but uh, I I don't know. Uh, Like, obviously, he's going to say all the right things, especially if he wants to find a team for next year. And and again, you know, if you want to roll Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith Jr. on the field, as long as Irv Smith Jr. is option A, which is something the staff did not do while Kyle Rudolph was here. Right. I'm fine with it. I just worry how much. Rudolph has left as a football player. So I don't think he actually hated cousins as some of us have kind of said, because I I don't think Kirk's a hateable guy. I don't think like you look at the only reason you would hate Kirk is because of his, you know, end of game performance. And and let's face facts here. Kyle Rudolph's a receiver. If he feels that Kirk wasn't throwing him the ball enough, he's going to be a little upset. Like that's any receiver, right? He was, he was, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. Didn't he rip him with the Giants too, or did he rip the? I think he. They Zimmer, took some comments about, "Oh, this is the first time I've had an offensive coach before." It was, it was like, more, ah, ah. It was more. It was more about Zimmer, and he was well. It wasn't directly about Zimmer, but he was saying like how it's nice to have a, an offensive-minded coach. Um, mm-hmm. Which, yeah, people, everyone ran away with, including myself. But you know, it's it was off-season. Is it off-season quote? Come on, what do you what do you think is going to happen? And he's in New York, so you know. <laughs> They're going to do that. Um, he also talked about, you know, speaking of Zimmer, um, he was asked about, you know, was he surprised that, that Zimmer and Spielman were let go? Um, and he kind of took a different route that a lot of people have been taking 
this offseason where he kind of, you know, praised what Zimmer and Spielman were able to, able to do the last uh, eight years. He called them unbelievably successful. Um, he, I think he said, like, you know, I'd be hard-pressed to find a better group of core players uh, around the league during those eight years. Um, and he just said it's really it's really just about championships, and, and they didn't win one, and so that's why they're not here. But, you know, do we think that this, the way that Rudolph approached it, because this isn't, we haven't heard this a lot, like this point of view of like, they, they did a lot of good things, but you know, they, things didn't work out in the end. That's why they're gone. It's mostly been like, things were terrible. It's fear-based. Like, everything's toxic. Get them out of here. Um, that's been what we've heard most of the time. But do we think that Rudolph's approach is the thought process of maybe the minority or, or is it the majority? And it's kind of like a more of a silent majority. I was talking with a friend this morning about the Vikings a little bit. And I said, there's a very real scenario at the end of the season where we sit there and go, wow, that meanie was a really good coach. Cause yeah. we're, we're going to get a lot of answers this year. I think that's why the season's kind of exciting. We won't feel the excitement until week one, but this is the same group of players that has yep. won seven games and or excuse me, lost nine games in back-to-back seasons. So mm-hmm. was it the coach or was it the players? And part of me in the back of my mind's a little bit upset that we're wasting a year trying to find this out. Like I'd rather just burn it to the ground and start yeah. all over. And it's everyone's fault. Just get everyone yeah. out of here. Yeah. But I mean, if you're a player, like you're not going to sit there and say, well, yeah, I didn't do my job and whatever. No. Yeah. I mean, especially a coach like Zimmer who wasn't a player's coach, you're going to be like his fault, completely his fault. It was not mine. I, I didn't drop the scheme. I didn't hire Clint Kubiak as my offensive coordinator. I didn't hire my son as a co-defensive coordinator. I don't have, you know, I, I mean, yeah, th- this is typical stuff. So I, I, I think that Rudolph is right because look at the four, first four years of the Zimmer era. They were yeah. pretty dang good. They got to yeah. an NFC championship game. Then, you know, the second four, there's, a certain event that corresponded with that. But um, I mean, by the, by the end of the tenure, it had run its course for sure. Like people are just upset because of the way the last two years a- ended. And I mean, you had all those stories, like the PowerPoint presentation, the, yeah. you know, it, people want to point at things like the corners going rogue in green Bay. Like, and that people was during the first four years stuff when you're fired, but yep. they'll remember the good during, stuff while you're here. That so. was during the first four years. So that wasn't even, uh, within the yeah. last two years. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, sometimes I fall into this where like, yeah, Kirk Cousins came there in 2018. Then I also forget sometimes, you know, Zimmer still has a job to do. Like just cause, you know, he didn't like that. They brought in a quarterback that he didn't want doesn't mean that he shouldn't try and get the most out of that player. And I feel like sometimes looking back, he just, he lost like maybe the drive that he had during the first four years where like, this is all his team where, you know, he realizes he's got to realize like not everything's going to work out the way that you want. He should have known that. Cause like when Teddy went down and a bunch of his eye almost fell out, like, and he battled through all that stuff and adversity and, Bradford going down in 2017, like they were able to get through all that. And then he literally gets like this great team handed to him in 2018 and things just 
kind of fall apart. And it was, I think I would love to say that it wasn't all Zimmer's fault. And it was like, Oh, it's Kirk cousins. He, he ruined everything. But like Zimmer played, he played, definitely played a part in that. But I do feel like he brought a lot of good to the Vikings and he's not, he's not, people aren't probably going to realize that until either this team struggles or within a few years and they look back and they're like, Oh yeah. Like Zimmer, he was a good coach. Um, it's yeah. a lot like Dennis Green, I think. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think a lot of people towards the end were like, "Well, this guy can't get us over the hump." But I mean, what he was able to do to turn this franchise around and turn it into a contending team, and even eventually a Super Bowl contending team, a team that with those quarterbacks, Super Bowl. yeah, with the quarterbacks that he had, yeah. Jeff George, Randall Cunningham, uh, Dante Culpepper at the end. I mean, Warren Moon. Warren Moon. That Brad I mean, Johnson. Not, not that Warren Moon's a bad quarterback, but I mean, it, <laughs> he was at the end of it. It's, it's the end of his career, do. yeah. Right. Brad it's Johnson. Blockers. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. We don't we don't appreciate stuff probably as much as we should until you know until they're gone. Um, and I think that's probably going to be the case with Zimmer. It's funny. I was watching. There's like a documentary on. I think it's ESPN Plus called like Dream On about the the '96 U.S. Women's Basketball Team. Um, and how they kind of launched the WNBA through that. Um, I'm not like a WNBA fan, but I've always been interested in that kind of stuff, like the documentaries. And then their coach was like the biggest disciplinarian. I can't even say this word. Disciplinarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disciplinarian. There you go. (laughs) Disciplinarian. Um, And like she was like playing mind games and saying stuff in the press and like working them to like – tiring them out they all want to quit like every day and i'm like this she's a female mike zimmer like she's doing like exactly what he would do and you know what they went undefeated like the summer before the olympics like went 50 and 0 and i'm like yeah that's that's why he does that stuff because he knows if zimmer had the viewpoint where like if i'm your toughest opponent then everyone else is going to be way easier um and that worked but uh, at the end, it, it, guys just didn't really buy into it, and they had to figure out a different option. And players talk, too. So when you have a player yeah. like in Los Angeles with Sean McVay, yeah. and they're talking to Justin Jefferson like, oh, dude, it's awesome. They just give us Veterans Days yeah. and stuff. It's yeah. it's pretty yeah. amazing. I mean, even Zimmer went to Veterans Days last year to kind of he save did. face a little bit. Yeah. But it, it just was too late by that point, and the game has changed with how players are managed, how players are treated by their organizations. Even like Buffalo with Stefan Diggs. You don't think Stefan yeah. Diggs still talks to Adam Thielen every once in a while and says, man, in Buffalo, it is so much different over here. Like you have no idea. Like uh, I think I, those I, things I happen. I don't know if he talks to Adam Thielen. I, I don't, be- I don't believe too much into that friendship. I don't know if that was more of a created thing than uh, it really is. Uh, that's another side. I think he's more friends with Justin Jefferson than he is with uh, Adam Thielen. Actually, yeah, those two interact on like social media all the time. Actually, um, all right, Kyle Rudolph. We'll see where he goes. Next topic before we get out of here. Another former Viking, Trey Waynes. He did not go on KFan and, and talk to to Paul Allen. Instead, he won went on the uh, very notable. Geary and Stein sports show podcast. Um, uh, and he revealed that he's, he's had some interest from teams this offseason. He's been in the league for, for seven years. 
He's a free agent. Uh, so he's had some interest from teams, including the Eagles, which is where uh, former Viking Anthony Harris is right now. And uh, Jonathan Gannon is their defensive coordinator, used to be on the Viking staff as well. Uh, however, Waynes also said that he's not really exploring anything and that in his head he's he's basically he's done with football. He said that you know he's not really looking to make an official announcement or anything like that, but he's he's basically retired from the NFL. So Wayne spent the, the last two seasons with the Bengals, uh, but he was only able to appear in 24% of the team's games during his tenure due to multiple injuries. So it sounds like Trey Wayne's after seven seasons is retiring from the NFL. Um, are shorter NFL careers like this one, do you think they're becoming the new normal or are they still kind of not the norm? I think players now understand the risk that comes with playing football. So a player like Trey Waynes could probably still be a starter or at least a depth player on a good team might look at this and go, Hey, I got my money. I (laughs) played seven years in the NFL. Bengals fans are happy about that. Yeah. I I'm 30 years old. You know, I I just don't want to do this anymore and it's totally understandable. So I, I, I think that, you know, Robert Smith was the first one that did it where he went seven years. I think his last one was Barry Sanders. uh, Yeah. His last year was like, I think both of them, they were over a thousand yards in their last year. And they said, yeah, we're good. I mean, Barry Sanders was a different decision because I play for the lions, man. Like I'm not (laughs) going to do this anymore. And then like Robert Smith was just like, I'm going to try and be a doctor or something. Yeah. I, I remember that being totally shocking as a kid. For sure. What, he retired? Is that 2000? I think that was 2001? or 2001. Because yeah. then they drafted Michael Bennett the following year. <laughs> MB23. Yeah. I had a Michael Bennett jersey. Hey. I loved Michael Bennett. One time, one time pro bowler. Okay? Don't. don't, don't he was really Bennett. fast and couldn't do anything else. He was. He was really fast. He was really fast. Really fast and, and could get hurt. <laughs> he was really fast and mad. He was so fast that when he got hit, he, it was just so much force. He yeah. got hurt. I you know. I remember using him in Madden uh, a lot oh, yeah. as, a, as a receiver. He just blow by people. Um, Use him on that uh, stretch play and just go to the outside <laughs> and run past everybody. I know. Nine speed, man. Yeah, I know. Aaron Donald just signed like a massive new deal or whatever. Um, but you can look at him because there was some a bunch of chatter about him just stepping away, and he's only been in the league for seven or eight years, and he was like. It's been my plan the whole time to just play for like seven or eight years, get my money mm-hmm. and get out of here. Um, and then just like start the rest, rest of my life. Cause we, rem- we gotta like remember like when these guys say they're retiring, they're not retiring at like our retiring age, which was like 65. Uh, it's probably older now cause we, no one has any money anymore. Um, but these guys are retiring at like 30, 31, 32. Like they still have like, their whole life ahead of them and they want to be able to enjoy it and be able to walk, be able to hang out with their kids. Like I see a lot of these guys, like, you know, they have young kids and like, I just want to like be there with my kids, see what happens. Cause it's tough, man. Like being away from your family, like these being in the NFL is like you get millions of dollars, but these guys make a lot of sacrifices too. And that includes like being away from their family for a good portion of every year. Um, and that, that weighs on some guys. And 
I think this is going to be what Waynes is doing is probably going to be more of the the normal. I think you look at maybe not for every position because you can look at kickers and punters and stuff, and even quarterbacks. So you'd be a backup quarterback for a while. Um, but positions that are more physical, like a defensive tackle, a cornerback, offensive line, you know, running back, especially like I could see Dalvin Cook walking away like after his his contracts up uh his current one wherever he ends up um it's just a tough sport it's brutal on your body it is safer than it was but still guys banging into each other over 300 pounds 250 pounds like it's a tough sport so i don't i don't blame wayne's at all what do you i remember in high school i was working at mcdonald's and the mcdonald's i worked at was right next to saint mary's hospital in rochester which is part of mayo the world wide kind of everybody knows what that is so there's this guy that came in what's that Uh, yeah the condiment (laughs) we just produce a lot of mayo in rochester (laughs) no this guy i'm pretty sure he was getting a checkup at Mm -hmm. st mary's or something he stopped by mcdonald's to get some coffee and he was wearing and i don't know why but he was wearing his green nfl alumni jacket i didn't even know they gave this out maybe it was like an old school thing but like a suit jacket yeah, it was like like you know the blazers they give out for the yeah. Hall of Fame. It was that, and You're it was green, it? <laughs> and it said NFL alumni. Okay. So I don't know, but the guy was sitting there and he was ordering his coffee, and I saw his blazer. I'm like, oh yeah, that's really cool. And he's like, I regret playing as long as I did. Basically, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he said something along those lines. So well, you see these players retiring now, like. That's yeah. what I think about is that guy that walked into a McDonald's with a cane, barely able to walk. For sure. And a lot of these guys, a lot of those guys got paid not even close to what these guys paid now. We're like, you get a, you get your second contract. Mm-hmm. You could, you're good. You're probably good. You could walk away after that contract's up. Like, like Justin Jefferson, if he wanted to, at the end of his next contract, he could be done, which would, might even be before he's 30. Um, Cause he's about to get so much money. It's going to be stupid. Um, but looking, looking, talking about Wayne's to get us out of here. Um, looking back at the, the the Mike Zimmer era, where do you think Wayne's ranks among the uh, Vikings' first round picks from the Mike Zimmer so era? I got to think of the first round picks to begin with. I would okay. say number one is Justin Jefferson. Correct. Even you know, even though it's only been two years, the trajectory he's on is incredible. Yeah. Two is Anthony Barr. Yep. Then it kind of gets murky. Because Teddy's knee exploded. Yeah, but he, so that went was, to the, he went to the Pro Bowl. He, <laughs> he did. Teddy Teddy Bridgewater and Mitchell Trubisky, Pro Bowl quarterback. Yeah, and you don't know what happened in 2015. We'll talk about that on Monday. But <laughs> so so let's let's think it through here. So you got Teddy Bridgewater as the other 2014. You have yeah. Trey Wayne's in 2015. 2016 was Laquan yep. Treadwell. Yep. 2017, you trade your first rounder. 2018 was Mike Hughes. Yep. 2019 was Garrett Bradbury. Oh my yep. God. Then Jeff Gladney and uh, Jefferson. Christian Derrissaw. Yep. 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 Yeah. I, I mentioned Jefferson. That's why I'm not saying him. Yeah. 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 But so Wayne's maybe third. Maybe oh, you put, him, you put him above Teddy? Yeah, because Teddy didn't. Last that long, and plus he didn't play that great when he was on the field. I love Teddy. I love Teddy the human being because of his personality, leadership, and all that stuff. But um, Wayne's was a starting corner for 
four or five years for the Vikings. I mean, that's what you want out of your draft picks. So it, it's not Teddy's fault, but it, I would put Trey Waynes ahead of Teddy. How about you? I got Waynes at four behind Teddy. Okay. Um, I just think Teddy was – it's probably just because his position. I think he was just able to make a bigger impact. Um, and you could tell right away when he was a rookie, like, he didn't have it all. But, like, as soon as he came in, like, it was a different different team. Mm-hmm. Um, where Waynes, I feel like it, it took him a, a few years to even, like, become a starter. Um, like, he struggled those first two years. Um, and there was a lot of questions, like, could he even be a starter? Um, and then he got in there. He was solid. But there was still a lot of times where he would be getting burned downfield. And or like drawing a flag downfield, um, or pulling up for an injury downfield. Like, I appreciate what Wayne's did for the Vikings, but I was never the biggest Trey Wayne's fan. I don't think he lived up to expectations. Um, I just think he was pretty underwhelming. Um, but there weren't a really a whole lot of good corners in that draft. Looking back, there was Marcus Peters, and that was probably about it as far mm. as guys coming out of that draft. But I put him at four, but just because you look at the rest of the first round picks, like I would love to put Darisaw at four or three or whatever, but we still don't know enough about him. He's barely been on the field. I think he's got a good chance to get up that list pretty quickly like Jefferson. But yeah, the rest of those guys, like Bradbury, I have Bradbury like at number five that like that says so much about the first round picks that the Vikings had in the last eight years that Bradbury is five. Um, and I got Mike Hughes and Treadwell as last, of course, because come on, Treadwell. Um, but yeah, that's it. I got him at four. I'd same as you, Jefferson and Barr at the top. Um, and then yeah, just Teddy at number three for me, because you know, I just just can't can't shake the Teddy. So I was gonna so I was gonna be there in our heart. Um that's what we got for today. Chris kind of mentioned it already that uh we're going to be looking at the infamous 2015 wild card loss to the seattle seahawks also known as the blair walsh game on monday as part of our rewatchable series so uh come check that out at the bank yeah yeah Yeah, the one that chris thought went in actually uh before i wasn't alone yeah yeah (laughs) i wasn't Um, alone we'll talk about that that'll be uh I wouldn't say fun, but it'll be interesting to try and learn some stuff about that. Um, so make sure you follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. And if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to like this video and subscribe. Uh, but until next time on Monday, Chris and I will talk to you later.